Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Terry Summers podcast. I think that what I do for a profession is pretty darn cool. But the profession that I am going to focus on today is one that tugs at your heartstrings and lights you up all at once. About 13 years ago, I uh, was part of a project that was taken into the Phoenix Children's Hospital, uh, sponsored and um, sort of created by a handful of us from Phoenix Theater. Um, And I met a woman by the name of Wendy Pocker, and she is a child life specialist. She became a dear friend. But what I learned from her, knowing her, of her profession is that it might be second to none in terms of um, its effect on humanity and children in particular. I am going to let Wendy explain. Uh, I was hesitating because I think I'm going to let Wendy talk um, because I uh, do a lot of talking. But I am going to let Wendy explain and we're just going to visit together and celebrate what it is that she does for a profession and give you a peek into a world that is just so necessary and that I did not know or understand until I came in contact with her. So hold on, hold on to your seats, hold on to your heart. Here's Wendy. Hello, Miss Wendy. Do you see the little red dot that I just forewarned you might see saying we're going to record we're recording? I do see the dot. Good. Yeah. Um, I ask it of everyone. So don't feel super special that I checked in with you on that. I'm just sort of scared that it's never going to record. When I, how many times, this is my 43rd, 44th episode. And I've been asking that of um, all of my guests, but you know, Fear doesn't let go very easily. So my fearful self is always afraid it's not going to record. So Wendy, I have shared with the audience a little bit, a little bit about who you are. But first, let me just say, as a friend, you are on the top of my list. I have just a couple people in my life that I have loved instantaneously. I have some very dear friends that, you know, our relationship grew, but I loved you instantaneously. And it came about from a meeting that we had um, at a hospital that you work for. Do you want to fill us in a little bit about what you do for a living? I would be happy to. And that relationship and that, that moment, it's to me, it's like it was yesterday, Terry. So I can clearly remember it sitting in the cafeteria at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Yes. And um, you began talking about what your ideas were about Partners at Heal. And I think I just grew more and more excited about what the possibilities were of bringing Partners at Heal to Phoenix Children's Hospital. And I have shared with the audience a little bit about Partners at Heal, and we can talk about it more in a minute, but essentially it was a, um, a creative venture um, that started between Phoenix Theater and Phoenix Children's Hospital, where a group of impro- improvisational actors uh, brought comedy and sketches and storytelling into 
the hospital setting um, to bring before patients that were student age, right? I mean, um, is that what would what would be the best description? I think everything that you just said is exactly right. I mean, it really was for you know anywhere from two to three year olds up until teenagers, right? So exactly. um, they just kind of depending on the age would do their thing, and. What I found so interesting, and first of all, I was smitten with the idea, but what I then came to learn that I had not known before, and I am going to guess that many of our audience, my audience, might not know about it either, is that there is this whole realm of really, I think, extreme nurturing in something that's called child life right? Um, and as, and you as an individual, you were heading up, I don't remember exactly, heading up or part of a department, but what is the actual uh, title of someone that works in that capacity? So we, um, my title is Child Life Specialist. It is a profession um, of its own and people, you have to go to um, school to get a degree you can get a degree now. I mean, I've been in the in the the profession for almost thirty years now. Wow! So um, I started my profession as a child life specialist back in nineteen ninety one um, at St. Joe's Hospital, where I was for five years before going to Phoenix Children's Hospital and working as a child life specialist in their cardiac intensive care unit and in their general intensive care unit. And child life specialists, we are there to provide the patients and families. Specifically, we work with the kids in helping the children to understand what they're in the hospital for, whether they were in a terrible car accident or they've been newly diagnosed with a chronic illness, for example, maybe newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes or they're newly diagnosed with some sort of um, oncology diagnosis. We are there for the children to explain to them exactly what's going to happen to them in the hospital. Why are these things going to happen to them? We're there to support the child um, along with the family. And then we also really try to have the siblings be a part of it. Because what we find is that when you have a child that is sick or spending time in the hospital, oftentimes the siblings kind of get a little bit pushed to the back burner. Oh, yeah. And so it's really important for us to keep the siblings involved. And our goal is really to kind of normalize the hospitalization and doing it through, you know, education. Um, we do a lot of play therapy with the kids, um, playing with medical equipment, pushing buttons, listening, using stethoscopes, um, anything that we can do to help them make the hospital stay less of a scary place. You know, I, and I know what you're talking about. I mean, I've, I've, I, I now have um, education of my own just by watching you, not in that way, but I mean, I understand the profession, but hearing you describe it, um, I get a, I'm getting a lump in my throat. You know, it isn't unusual for me to be emotional, but I'm getting a lump in my throat because the, the word that comes to mind is you are angels on earth. I'm trying to think, I did not have children, um, but I love children and students uh, all the way through high school, college age. I, I love 
that uh, group of people, but I'm trying to imagine what would it be like to take my child in, in a situation whether it was short term or it had some unknowns to it and ha and 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 the anxiety and the stress as a parent but for the child i just cannot really get my mind around um and this is just really amazing does every hospital um have this kind of force under its umbrella um, any pediatric hospital, anywhere where there are kids, they pro they do have at least one child life specialist. Okay. Um, so, you know, if anybody's child is ever in the hospital, they, I mean, chances are they're going to meet a child life specialist. Um, and I will say that the child life teams at the hospitals do make a world of difference. For us as professionals, it's an honor for us to be able to be part of this journey with the families because we do relieve some of the, the stress and the anxiety that goes along with having a sick child. I mean, it's, 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 it's awful. I can say it as a professional and as a mother of a child who has chronic illnesses. And my daughter was diagnosed with her chronic illnesses later in life. I was actually working at Phoenix Children's Hospital and got a phone call from the neurologist there after she had a test. And they asked me where she was and she was at a friend's house and said, Wendy, we need you to get her here to the intensive care unit as soon as you can. And I all of a sudden became a parent of a patient in the pediatric intensive care unit at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Wow. So spending nights at the bedside, having a sick child, and even being in the profession for so long, it was still terrifying. Um, and the unknown, um, and I reached out to my child life team. I'm like, you guys, I'm officially a parent. I, I am not a child life specialist anymore. So I think that kind of put me in a whole different category because of being a parent of now a child with a chronic illness and being in the profession. You know, I'm sure there have, has to be personal characteristics of an individual that would go into that field. And I want to talk about those in a second, but I, I, I feel like what a bridge that you are in the medical community, because I know you have to have some understanding of what's happening to them from a medical perspective, but then this human counseling therapy oriented communicative qualities. Like I, I even think about some recent uh, doctor visits that I've had from my own um, uh, annual visits and all that stuff and how chilly unfortunately still after all we know about humanity and the need to make connection that the medical medical community can still be missing the mark in terms of extending themselves and and looking warmly at an individual and not across the board you know i i just saw a doctor the other day a gynecologist actually um and she was great i mean it was like she broke that but i feel like um that broke that wall that's there. Um, I feel like that is just such a human thing. And here with such, with the vulnerability of children, um, 
I, I just think it's so invaluable. And, and to me, though I'm not in the medical profession, but I think it's in many ways equally so to the treatment that they're receiving um, because they would have to work tandem, hand in hand. How, how much understanding of the medical world do you need to be in this kind of profession? Well, we, I mean, we are officially the advocates for the kids. So, you know, if, if we're going into a room to talk to a child about a new diagnosis or an upcoming surgery that they're getting ready to have in a couple hours, you know, you, we have to know what we're talking about. We have to know exactly what's involved. And we, we want to make sure that we tell the child just enough information that hopefully we're going to decrease their anxiety and we're not going to give them too much information that it's going to make them more fearful. Got it. So the, the knowledge of what we need to know about every test, every surgery, and work, I mean, look, I've been doing it for almost 30 years. I still learn. I don't know everything. Things change. I mean, what, back in the day when I started and I was working covering the cardiac intensive care unit, you know, procedures and surgeries have changed from how it was then to how it is now. A lot of things now they can do you know, as a, a catheterization procedure versus open heart surgery. So it's keeping updated with that. And we truly are the advocates for the kids. If they have to start an IV or do anything painful to, for the child, they have a child life specialist alongside with them. They don't take them into a treatment room. They don't start an IV. They don't do anything without a child life specialist being there to help the child with either taking deep breaths, blowing bubbles, doing some sort of a distraction, making sure that the nurse is using any sort of numbing analgesic to put, you know, to numb the area before they start the IV. Is there a way that we can do a comfort hold instead of laying a child on a bed and hold them down to start an IV, that we're going to do a comfort hold and we're going to get the parent involved where they can hug their child a certain way, oh we goodness. can be the distraction and make it easier for the nurse to start the IV. So we, we, we are the child's advocate. We sure are. Um, to harken back to Partners at Heal, so we would come into the hospital and now that we've kind of given an understanding of the, of the overall essence of um, the child life world, to bring us in uh, once a week and take us through different departments and entertain and take their mind off is also contributing to their healing by giving them a reprieve. And, um, but I will say this, I, I think all of us were a little bit nervous to some degree, some more than others about going into an environment where we would see um, ill children and to the degree that we would see them in their stage of illness or diagnosis or whatever we were really not sure of. Um, and it affected me uh, quickly, but I'm not sure if it's my faith that kicked in or just a bravery or both, but I quickly was able to put it behind. And I, I think that most of us were able to do that, but we all were affected um, and we had moments in the tenure that we were there together. I left uh, the setting because I had some other things calling me. Um, but uh, there were some sad conclusions to some of the, the, the patients there. How, and, and that would be 
very hard for us. We would be very somber and quiet and it would stay with us for days. But how um, do you manage that? I know that because we've been friends, I kind of know some of the situations loosely that you have to face and are in. Um, How do you manage that? Well, I think, you know, as I said earlier, that for me and any child life specialist that you would talk to, that for us, it is an honor for us to be able to assist a family. Mm. And a lot of what we do, especially, you know, when you work in an emergency room as a child and, you know, as a child life specialist or in an intensive care unit where that's where the majority of my profession is, um, you deal a lot with bereavement and death. And that, that's a huge part of what we do. Um, and you have to, I mean, there's clearly nothing worse, nothing worse in this world than a parent losing a child, whether it's to an illness, uh, a terrible accident, but to know that we can be there. So, you know, again, I go back to the siblings. If there are siblings of a child that's going to pass away in our hospital, we're the ones that will talk to the children, the siblings, before they come in and explain to them about the different machines that their sister or their brother's on, how those machines are affecting their sister and brother, explaining to them why their sister or brother is going to die, and giving them the opportunity to say goodbye oh. to their loved one. Woo. And so that's, that's a big part of what we do. Now here at the hospital that I'm at now at Thunderbird, we're a huge hospital and we have adults obviously in this hospital and the child life specialists, we make ourselves available for the entire hospital. So we get calls from the adult floor where there's perhaps a mother that's diagnosed with cancer. She has young kids at home. You know, can we assist with this? Can we bring the kids in to have the opportunity to say goodbye to their mother? So it's, it's, it is so important, the work that we do, to take that off of the parents' hands. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk to their kids about death. They don't know how to talk to their kids about death. And it's important that, you know, when we explain that to the parents, if you feel comfortable with it and you're okay with it, it's going to hopefully make it easier for your kids to deal with it. We're here to take that away. We're here to help you with that. We're here to say all the words that we need to say. We're here to explain it. If you want to jump in at any point, feel free. But the majority of the time, the parents can't say what they need to say. Wow. And so we step in and we're, we are there to do that very, very difficult job. Girl, and it is very, very difficult. Um, I, As I know you as a person, and the qualities that you have, you know, you have such a calm, uh, a calming quality, even on me, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just visiting with me, we had, we went out about a week ago, you and I, and, um, and, you know, just with the year that we've all spent, there's just a beautiful calming quality. What would you say, if there's anyone listening and particularly curious in this field, 
um, for maybe something that they might pursue as their own career, what would you say some of the characteristics someone might need to have in order to, to fare well in this, in this line of work? Well, I think you have to, obviously you have to have a, a passion for working with children. You have to, I would encourage anybody if they're even interested or thinking about it, volunteer. I mean, this is how I found out about child life back in my days at U of A in college. I volunteered in their pediatric unit down at University Medical Center in Tucson mm. and learned about it. Um, you have to make sure, like what you're saying, Terry, you have to make sure that you are comfortable in the environment of working with very sick children. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that can do it and there are some people that can't and you might you might think that you can do it and then when you see it you're not necessarily able to do it so i would say that you really have to have a passion for working with children um i know for me growing up i was always fascinated with hospitals and things just kind of tied together for me uh just kind of it just so happened and you know the profession has grown tremendously. I, I when I first started my career, 30 years ago here in Phoenix, I think there were seven child life specialists in the state of Arizona. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And now there's probably close to a hundred of us in the state of Arizona. Wow. It's still very, very. Um, it's not a huge profession. Not a lot of people know about it, but you can get a bachelor's degree now in child development in, in child life. You can get a master's degree in child life and the profession continues to grow. You have to do an internship. You have to do a practicum. You have to pass a national exam and keep up CEUs to continue um, keeping your certification. You have to be dedicated because there's not a lot of positions out there and you have to kind of, you kind of have to fight for the position. Um, and so you, um, you were at Phoenix Children for a number of years and then opportunity and such transitioned you to another um, hospital that also has a, a, a relatively large children's hospital within. Is that what my understanding is? Yes. Yeah, I'm at Banner Thunderbird and we, um, the hospital itself is around 560 beds and we have um, an area in the hospital, we have 65 pediatric beds, um, including a pediatric intensive care unit. So, um, the, and the, so the child, we just, we cover all over. We're in the emergency room, we're in the operating room, we have a child life specialist in our outpatient oncology, hematology clinic. Um, we're, we're, ev we're everywhere. We'll go wherever there's a child and wherever they need us. Um, uh, because of um, COVID right now, are there restrictions? I mean, are you in need of or accepting volunteers or is that not really a thing because of, of you know, some of the, the hospital restrictions that, that we've had to see happen? We lost all of our volunteers back in March. There wow. were no volunteers. Nobody, nobody was allowed in the hospital. And that was March of 2020. Correct. Mm -hmm. So it's been a real, it's been a real struggle not having the volunteers because for us, for child life, we counted on the, the volunteers to help us out. I mean, just to fill time for the kids, go in and play games, do arts and crafts, 
you know, we're more for the, the, the educational type stuff. So it's been a huge loss and a huge gap in the program, not having volunteers. Now I, I did get word that um, we are going to be able to allow volunteers back in the hospital. Um, they have to have their vaccines and they will not be able to touch the kids or okay. the baby. So we have a lot of volunteers that want to just come and hold the babies. We get a lot of newborns that are drug exposed and those babies just need to be rocked and loved and um, we can't have volunteers do that yet. But I feeling very optimistic that we are hopefully going to get back to some sort of normalcy here in the next few months. And just to touch base, because I know that um, there was um, a gala gala at Phoenix Theater, which is the theater company that sort of uh, launched Partners at Hill years ago. It's like 13 or 14 years ago, if I am doing my math correct, 13-ish um, correctly. Um, and you actually gave a little bit of a, of a speech. They asked you to come. So it's kind of good timing even for me to have you on the podcast. But um, can you just give a little bit of, a, of an insight into how that played into, plays into? Because they still are part of everything. They just haven't been able to come into the hospital for a year. They still meet and do things, right? Are they doing things on video or are they still able to get into to see people virtually? Yes. In fact, we had um, partners at Heal this morning. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. Ironically. So, um, yeah, it was shortly after the whole thing happened with COVID and they weren't allowed in the hospital and volunteers weren't, weren't allowed and quickly came up with the solution um, and called and said, we've come up with an idea. We're going to do it via Zoom. And we're like, I'm not sure that that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work. Well, here we are a year later and it's working fantastically. So we um, have an iPad and we literally take it, you know, the kids have like 10 to 15 minute sessions with partners at Heal, and they're loving the experience. The parents are so grateful and they spend 10 to 15 minutes doing some sort of fun, crazy thing with partners. And then they text us when they're, when they're done. We go in and get the iPad and we bring it to the next patient. Wow. I love so they, it. They've made it work and it's great. I love it. It's mm -hmm. a great, great. I still uh, know a few of the folks that are over there. I know they've added some people to the team as others left, but they're great creative people. And even above and beyond that, they have such beautiful hearts and um, you can't sure. buy that for sure. Yes. So that's so good to hear. Well, um, if someone should want to come and volunteer, is there a way that they can just stay connected to you for the time in which that will open up where they might be able to come and offset some of that fill time for you guys there? I'm happy to share if you'd like my email address. People can contact me if they have you know, questions about the profession, questions about volunteering. I'm happy to share my email with people. Great. And you want to say it right now and then I'll also put it in the link? Sure. It's Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y dot Pauker, P-A-U-K-E-R at BannerHealth.com. 
Perfect. And I will put it in the link as well. And I remember when you first, now we get to reminisce a little bit. I remember when you first spelled your name for me um, as I was taking notes and meeting um, up with you guys at Phoenix Children's Hospital. My role at back then, other than being an, uh, an actress or an actor in the group, was to be the liaison and communicate from a theatrical perspective, someone that had that uh, understanding, but also meet with people, I'm going to say the real world, not to offend any theater people, but y'all know what I'm talking about. We're not part of the real world. Um, <laughs> to be able to communicate um, to both. And so you and I sat down along with another person. You were so uh, striking to me and warm and lovely. I gotta say, I don't remember. I hope I'm not offending anyone that does, but I don't remember who the other person was. But you and I hit it off and what a blessing just that was, let alone what we were doing there at the hospital with you, but for, uh, for you and I to be friends. But you were just so super cool. You had the cool jewelry on and just this <laughs> sassafras and I your cute curly hair and you had eyeglasses on. And to this day, you still cannot be touched in the uniqueness and cute factor of your glasses. Oh, Jerry. Um, Thank you. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Sure. Um, I know you, you have a fondness for the peace sign. And so you were all peace signed up. I think your watch had a peace sign on it. Well, yeah. yeah and, and now I officially have a peace sign tattoo. That's how, uh, uh, yes. I and didn't know that. I do. As a, as of a year, year and a half ago, I officially have a peace sign on my, um, tattooed on my body. Oh my gosh. I'll have to show I did you next not time. know that. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm, I won't ask on air where it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll negotiate later whether I can see it or not. Uh, um, but I, uh, I love you, girl. I, I, and I, I claim that uh, uh, publicly because you just are one of a kind. Your heart and your ease and your, I don't know. I, I just dig well, you. and Thank you. I dig what you do and that speaks volumes and I thank you for that. I think of all the families that you've touched in times of crisis and there just, could there be anything really bigger than that? I, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, so thank you so much for coming and being a guest um, on my podcast and I would love to have you come back and we could dig maybe even a little deeper or just um, have some time to flesh out um, this career of yours and also even maybe appeal to volunteers once we know that it's time and uh, maybe I can even be helpful through the podcast and able to do that but I'm gonna give you a goodbye here publicly but don't go away because I want to say bye-bye to you um, once we're off the air and I love you Wendy and thank you for the gift that you are um, to children and to their families well, I will tell you, Terry, that this was, this was an honor to be asked to do this. It was, I mean, I was so touched and honored when you asked me to, to do this. So the feeling is so mutual. I love you too. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for your friendship and everything that you've done for the kids and the families in the hospital as well. Oh, thank you. Some of the best days of my, of, of my life. I was going to say my career, but no, even bigger than that, my life. Um, and I'm grateful to have you in it. And yes, it was an honor, an honor to have you on. And I thank you so much. Thank so you. hang on with us for a second and we'll wrap this up. But I want to say bye to you 
uh, in just a minute. Okay, Wendy, hold on. Okay. Is that not the coolest profession ever and not easy either? I know that it is probably a calling for people that choose it. Uh, really a lot of thought has to be put into it and, and um, preparation, but the impact that it has and the need for it is just profound. I mean, it really is. I'm so grateful for people like Wendy um, in our healthcare system. And I just encourage you or anyone out there that is listening, uh, if this tugged at your heartstrings at all, pursue it. We could use more people out there in this world um, on behalf of those that are ill and that are children. Thank you for visiting with me again today. Y'all, we are approaching a year here soon and just some amazing guests and some amazing topics. And this is one of my favorites. So share, like, subscribe, all those things. And I appreciate you listening. Until next week. Bye. <laughs>